Welcome and thank you for joining us on Inside Bend, a podcast where you'll get an inside look at the city of Bend from the people who keep our city running. You'll hear about the innovative ways our local government is responding to our community's needs and helping shape Bend's future. I'm your host, Jacob Larson. On this episode, we're joined by Long Range Planning Manager Brian Rankin, who is heading up the Stevens Road Tract Concept Plan. This is a plan that will add 261 acres of land to the Bend Urban Growth Boundary, which was made possible by the passing of House Bill 3318 in 2021. The plan outlines the creation of a complete community that will include deed-restricted affordable workforce and market-rate housing. There will also be parks, mixed-use buildings, and transportation options that support walking, biking, and transit. Okay, let's jump into our conversation now. Okay, today on the podcast, I am joined by Brian Rankin. He is the long-range planning manager here at the City of Bend. Brian, thank you so much for joining me and taking the time to chat. Thank you, Jacob. What is your role? What is a long-range planning manager? So long-range planning in Oregon is typically organized around creating 20-year plans. Um, So plans that apply to maybe the whole city. Uh, For example, looking at our urban growth boundary, uh, where our city, you know, how our city expands, where it grows up, where it grows out. Um, And then also longer-range infrastructure plans, um, transportation plans that affect the whole city. And then sometimes we, you know, we end up doing projects that are over like say a couple hundred acres like in the case that we'll talk about today um so we're you know we're looking towards the future and trying to essentially meet state laws um and work with uh you know the the community of bend to create a vision for where we want to go and then how we get there right and um that just kind of sparked something for me because we did a podcast with michaela oliver a, a few months back and we talked about land use and the uniqueness of land use in the state of oregon I mean, you kind of touched on some of those, you know, we don't always expand the UGB. Um, we're looking for areas where we can grow up and not out. Um, is that kind of an emphasis that you and your department are getting from city leaders to um, look at those opportunities to grow up before we do these UGB expansions? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what um, what I've noticed in all my years of doing this work is that, uh, you know, because Ben has a lot of folks that are new, you know, they come here from other places, for example. Um, and they, they may not be aware that in the state of Oregon, uh, there is a statewide planning program. And so there are statewide goals on how cities and counties uh, should grow. Um, so there are objectives from the state. And then there are a whole bunch of laws, uh, very specific laws and very specific rules that essentially create a, they create a set of standards that cities and counties must use when they do long-range planning work. So it's not an option. You know, these, these laws are not optional. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, our work tends to be focused at, okay, we have a community desire um, or community need. And then we end up looking at the laws uh, and the rules that apply to this particular circumstance. And then we try to bring these two things together. You know, so here's what the community wants, where they wanna go, here are the laws. And that I think becomes the interesting tension um, because sometimes the laws are requiring things that people don't like, um, and sometimes they do. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, it kind of in a nutshell. Um, you know, we're trying to get that state law 
state policy and to implement it locally in a way that makes you know the community as happy as possible, given that uh, we may not agree all the time. How long have you you been at the city now? I don't know if I'm happy to say or kind of embarrassed. It's like around 15 years. Um, <laughs> I realize I'm a, like I'm an old timer now. I used to be a young guppy um, that was doing this work in the youngest person in meetings, and now I'm not, uh, which is great because there's a bunch of new young talent um, doing this work. Today, we're, we're going to talk about uh, the Stevens Road tract and the concept plan that's happening out there. Um, and you've kind of already touched, uh, kind of alluded to this with UGB expansion. Um, but I wanted to kind of take a step back. What What is the Stevens Road tract and how did this um, expansion of the urban growth boundary come to be? Well, so the location that we're talking about here, because we don't have visuals, um, so it's in the it's in the southeast of Bend. So the the, the area we're talking about is in the southeast of Bend. Um, if you're familiar with Bend and the roads out there, you have 27th. Um, so this property is uh, east of 27th. If you're familiar with Reed Market and Stevens uh, Stevens Road, then it's south of that, and it would be north of uh, an extension of Ferguson. It's kind of north of the landfill. So a lot of people know it as a large uh, state-owned uh, Department of uh, State Lands administers it, but it's owned by the state of Oregon. Um, and it's basically an undeveloped tract of land. So most people know it as uh, an area to go walk their dogs, uh, to recreate. There are great trail systems out there. There's some caves on portions of the property <clears throat> to the west of uh, the Stevens Road tract that we're talking about. Um, and now there's a development proposal that's um, that's taking place kind of right next to 27th. People will see this. Um, but, you know, again, to try to do this without visuals, it was a full section of land out there uh, owned by the state. In 2016, the the urban growth boundary included half, about half of that property, uh, the western half. Um, and then there was, so there was a piece of property left over, about 261 acres owned by the state that was left over um, in that vicinity. And it's on the Easter, kind of the easterly half. And then uh, what we're talking about here today is that additional 261 acres, it's undeveloped now. And, um, and essentially uh, there was a, a process that was approved by the Oregon legislature in 2021 to have a very customized process to basically over time, uh, create a concept plan, uh, to do some what are called planning amendments to expand our urban growth boundary and include the rest of that. So the law itself, this custom law, basically created a custom way to eventually expand our urban growth boundary and have this piece of uh, this piece of property develop. Maybe this is an obvious question, but what what is the purpose then? Is, is it all about creating more opportunities for housing? That is, I think that is fundamental to... Uh, the reason why House Bill 3318 uh, was passed and approved and uh, supported by the City Council. Um, it's really about housing supply. Um, you know, if, if folks do a little bit of research, you'll hear things like <clears throat> we've been underbuilding housing for the last decade. Some mm -hmm. see people stretch that out. And so um, this bill is basically providing Bend a way, a mechanism, uh, to pre to create more housing uh, more quickly than it otherwise would um, through the expansion of an urban growth boundary. And the idea being, if you do that, then you provide more housing um, that could have a, a positive impact on the community. 
Um, and then the bill also, you know, it has some requirements, but some of those requirements are very targeted to affordable, deed restricted affordable housing, which also makes this unique. Um, so that's housing that will be more affordable to people than uh, housing that's just on the open market. Okay, makes sense. And so is the plan then as um, this process kind of moves along to kind of have this be kind of a full community with, um, you know, grocery stores and shops and houses and affordable housing and everything in between apartments and everything. Um, is, is that kind of the, the end goal once we, once we get there to kind of have this complete neighborhood? Yes. Yeah. In a in nutshell. Yes. Um, the bill, if you, if you're to read the bill, house bill 3318, you see that, um, that there are some very specific requirements. So the city can only do this, um, in consultation with, um, other agencies and uh, the Department of State Lands and the Department of Land Conservation and Development. We can only do this if we meet specific criteria that are included in the bill. Um, and so, to your point, um, this is intended to be a mixed-use environment, have open spaces um, to protect historical and archaeological resources on the site, be wildfire resilient, uh, provide a certain amount of affordable housing, provide market rate housing, which is higher density, mm -hmm. um, and then to have that supported with uh, by a variety of ways to get around. So you hear the term multimodal, and what that means is essentially um, to create a, a design of a community that allows people to walk, bike, take transit, as well as, um, as drive. So yeah, uh, in a nutshell, complete community where you should be able to do most of the things you need to do in your, your daily life, um, but also recognizing that it is at the edge of the city. So of course, people are going to be driving down, driving downtown or driving up north or driving to their jobs in various locations. So where where are we in that process? You just mentioned council approved the concept plan. Um, so kind of what what's next? Well, I think it, first of all, it's kind of it might be helpful to explain a little bit of the order of things and what the city has to do under this bill. Okay. So the first step here, uh, which is more or less complete, is uh, the approval of a concept plan. Um, and the, what is a concept plan? If you were to, and you can uh, see this on the growth management website, you can take a look at it, you can read it, um, and it's actually a pretty user-friendly plan. Uh, it's not super technical, um, but it, it shows you a couple of ways to develop this property. So it will be primarily residential. It will have at least 2,400 housing units, um, and it will have 20 acres, about 700 uh, units of deed-restricted affordable housing. It'll have a large community park. It will have uh, a series of interconnected um, off-street trails. Um, it will have uh, that affordable housing. If you can imagine the form of it, it's like a big park in the center next to a school, next to a small commercial area with denser housing in that vicinity, supported by transit, with trails, um, right next to a pipeline that allows for a, a nice regional park, a uh, nice regional trail facility. And then that connects to the rest of the city. Um, so that's essentially the concept that the uh, city city council endorsed. Is there an opportunity for the public to um, be a part of this process? The next chance to get involved is really in the next step of the bill, which will include what are called planning amendments and the urban growth boundary expansion. And those will require public outreach, 
this this doesn't happen, you know, in the dark of night um, or in the shadows. It all has to be public, uh, and it will be public. So I'm I'm looking forward to that because it's another chance to get people involved um, in what we're doing uh, with this piece of property. What's kind of some of the feedback you're already hearing from the community about um, the development of this area? And so in those open houses, you know, we posed certain questions, and yeah. um, you know, so we're we're trying to help direct the project. Um, you know, so some pretty targeted questions about what do you think about these aspects of the concept plan? Where should we take the concept plan? And then we had kind of open-ended questions, you know, what do you think in general? What are your concerns? Um, and so we had thousands and thousands of responses. And I think if you were to kind of sum those up, you you'd notice that there are a whole bunch of people that just don't want any development out there at all. You know, and I want to respect that view is that there are a lot of people that are just kind of sick and tired of growth, um, change. Um, this is an area that they, a lot of people have a lot of value uh, and really enjoy recreationally. Um, <clears throat> so you'll, you'll hear uh, some strong sentiments about growth uh, and being opposed. Um, and then you'd find another kind of bucket of responses too that were, you know, this should be a very high density, high amenity environment. We have a housing crisis. We need more housing supply. Um, and let's make this as dense and urban as possible. Um, let's add more affordable housing than the bill requires. Um, and so, you know, kind of on there, in our work, there's never one set of opinions, right? So on kind of one bookend is don't do anything. And the other bookend is make it as dense as you possibly can. And then there are a lot of comments in the middle uh, as well around, you know, create quality, protect some trails, help and protect these trees as you develop. Let's have a quality um, development out here. So that's, I think that's kind of what we heard um, through the uh, public engagement part. And then it's our job to try to balance, weave those comments into the work as much as possible. Absolutely. Um, I'm always interested in kind of, uh, you know, when when are we going to start seeing things happen? When are we going to start seeing um, this, this section of land as part of the the city limits and part of the UGB, and then when are we going to start seeing, you know, actual development happening? Are, are we too early in the process or do we know? We don't know exactly. I'll, I'll explain why is that <clears throat> the next step in this process is to uh, to adopt for the city council to adopt what are called planning amendments. And these are policies that will guide the development um, that actually occurs on the site. So those planning amendments are the next step. Um, in addition to expanding the urban growth boundary um, so that it's now more or less in our urban growth boundary and ready for uh, a private interest to take the next step. So, so we have to do that planning work um, as the next step. We don't have that um, scheduled, but we're keenly aware that um, we should move forward on it, trying to balance this with other work. Um, but then there's there are a couple other steps is it, you know, if that gets done, say, in the next year, um, then the landowner is the uh, you know, state of Oregon and Department of State Lands. They have their own process to sell that land. So they have to essentially sell that land to a private developer. And so that process takes some time. It's up to the state to, you know, for example, sell the property. They can hold for years or they can sell it right away. And then once it's purchased, um, a developer will, owning that property has their choices too. They could just sit on it or mm -hmm. they could move forward with development. So there's there's a lot of uncertainty 
<clears throat> I don't think it's measured in like a year or two based on my experience. I mean, the fastest you can get there is kind of like years three and four before you really see, I think, actual movement on the site in terms of uh, dirt moving. Um, so it, it's it's a long process to to, to develop a 200 acre pro uh, property. Is there anything specifically you or your team has learned while going through this process? Well, I think there were some some aspects of the project which are were new for us that were there were requirements of the bill, but I think just some learning for us as a, a group of long range planners. And one was on archaeological um, archaeological historical protections. Um, and and so we did some collaboration and coordination with the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs to find out like how would we do a better job trying to identify and protect any archaeological resources out here. Um, and so we're going to have some standards in our planning and uh, our planning amendments that essentially require attention to that subject that we hadn't we had not done that um, prior. Very cool. Very cool. Um, before we wrap up, what what is your your favorite part of your job? What keeps you what keeps you going and wanting to do this? Um, I think it's the people. Um, you know, just feeling so incredibly fortunate to I've lived here for 25 years and to be able to work with the community that I uh, where I live to have conversations about an actual work that um, is is moving the community forward. Um, but I, I love the diversity of the viewpoints. Um, I think it, people have been, you know, there are people that are on all sides of the political spectrum that we get to work with, and it's uh, it's an absolute blessing to work with everyone. And I think that uh, pulling all those opinions and different values really is what makes Ben really special. The fact that those folks get along and can uh, it's at times, or at least we can reach a compromise together um, and some consensus really is it's very powerful um, and very, uh, very satisfying. That's great. Well, thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for helping us talk about these subjects in a way that's a lot more interesting than, a, you know, maybe a public meeting or uh, filling out a survey. So I really appreciate you uh, taking the time and, and having this conversation. Thank you, Jacob. A huge thank you to Brian for being our guest on the podcast this month. If you'd like to stay up to date and learn more about the Stevens Road Tract concept plan, you can head to bendoregon.gov slash Stevens tract. Thank you for tuning in to Inside Bend. If you enjoy listening, don't forget to subscribe and you can check back each month for new episodes. And also a very special thank you to the Pitchfork Revolution for providing us with this music.